I read all the best Bitcoin content out there so that you can listen. This is a Crypto Economy Quick Read with Guy Swan. All right, so I'm going to call this episode the Bitcoin Roadmap. And uh, this, there isn't really an official roadmap because there's not an official, there's no Bitcoin company to make a roadmap. But this is what I have been seeing. This is what has been, has been spreading amongst the developers fast and uh, seems to be in consensus about where the, where the movement of this ecosystem is going, where the movement of the technology is going. And there is a general consensus on making these tools work and making them accessible to us. Um, and the amount of people that are working toward it just seems to suggest that this, I think John Newberry has a Twitter thread here. This is what we're, this is what we're reading on the show today. And he goes through all of the stuff that's happening in development and where he thinks Bitcoin and Lightning are going in the future, uh, where 2020 is going to take us and... There is so much in here to unpack that it just truly deserved its own quick read. So we are reading a Twitter thread, again, by John Newberry, who's at Chain Code Labs and an incredibly active, huge contributor to the Bitcoin code base. Um, and uh, so without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the thread, and then we will talk about it afterward. Tweet by John Newberry. The end of the decade is a good time to look back and marvel at the giant strides that Bitcoin has made since Satoshi gave us the white paper in 2008. It's also a natural point to look forward to what the upcoming years might hold in store. This is where I think Bitcoin is headed over the next few years. Tell me why I'm wrong and what I've missed. The Lightning Protocol teams working on C-Lightning at Blockstream, Eclair at Async, and LND at Lightning, and Rust Lightning will continue to iterate rapidly on the Lightning protocol. All implementations now support basic multi-path payments. Link will get better support of that as well as dual funding, splice in, and splice out. Taken together, these technologies will make channel and liquidity management much easier. They'll be automated, fade into the background, and user experience will improve drastically. Lightning infrastructure will improve. Bitfinex recently added Lightning deposits and withdrawals. All other exchanges, merchant service providers, custodians, and wallets will follow suit or become obsolete. We will see more Lightning wallets, a mix of non-custodial, self-custodied with outsourced routing, and fully self-managed wallets. This is a brand new space and there will be lots of experimentation. Different teams will find different niches to fill. Already, wallets like Moon Wallet, Breeze Tech, Phoenix Wallet, LNZap, and BlueWallet.io are experimenting with different models. Tooling for Lightning developers will improve. When we ran the Lightning Apps residency just over a year ago, the attendees spent a lot of time setting up their Lightning dev environments. Now, with Polar by Jamal James, Lightning app developers can set up a test environment with a few clicks. More and better tools will continue to appear. 
With better tooling, we'll see faster innovation on the application layer. Teams at Zebedee.io and Satoshi's Games and others we haven't heard of yet will delight us with new and unexpected lightning experiences. The Schnorr Taproot soft fork will be activated in 2020 or 2021. That'll provide a huge improvement in fungibility, privacy, scalability, and functionality. For an overview of the benefits, watch the Optech exec briefing here. That'll allow Lightning to upgrade from HTLCs to payment points. That's a big improvement for privacy and payment decorrelation, and allows stuckless payments with proofs of payment, another huge boost in Lightning usability. See the Shared Bits series of blog posts here for more details on payment points. Even better, Lightning Channel opens and closes will look identical to payments to single pub keys. The same is true for payments to K of N pub key thresholds. That is good for fungibility, privacy, and scalability. In fact, with Schnorr and Taproot, there's almost no downside to encumbering UTXOs with advanced scripts instead of single pub key outputs. Cold storage UTXOs will be K of N multi-sig key trees, and all hot wallet UTXOs will be stored in channels, with splicing out used to make on-chain payments. When transactions hit the chain, they'll look like any other single public key or signature payment. Payments into wallets will pay directly into channel open outputs, thanks to E. Snyder for pointing this out to me. There will be no concept of an on-chain balance and an in-chain balance, just a single unified balance that can be used for lightning or on-chain payments. Wallet teams will collaborate on a pay-join payment protocol. A large number of on-chain transactions will be two-input, two-output transactions, vastly improving fungibility and privacy and foiling chain analysis. The inputs to those pay-join transactions may be channel splice outs and the outputs may be channel opens, but there will be no way to tell from observing the chain. Eventually, we'll have cross-input signature aggregation, which means those pay-join transactions will have only a single signature and will be cheaper than regular change-producing transactions. Larger coin joins will be cheaper still. An advanced pay-join payment protocol could even batch multiple payments to the same merchant or exchange and use only a single signature. We will get SIGHASH no input or SIGHASH any previous out, making L2 possible and blurring the lines between layer 1 and layer 2. That'll make Lightning even more usable and allow more advanced layer 2 contracts like channel factories. All these advanced features will require greater wallet interoperability. That is where Miniscript comes in. With Miniscript, Wallets will eventually be able to enter contracts with each other that don't require pre-templated scripts, as Lightning currently does. This wallet interoperability will allow faster innovation in Layer 2 contracts. OpCTV, or some covenant-enabling opcode, will be activated, allowing richer Layer 2 constructions like join pools. Taken together with Taproot and SigHashNoInput, 
we will get extremely rich in private off-chain contracts made possible. Some of these things will happen in 2020, some will take a bit longer, but they're all heading in the same direction, using the chain for what the chain is good for. That is to say, the blockchain allows nodes to arrive at an agreed ledger state while contracting and functionality move up onto layer two. Doing so is cheaper, more secure, more private, and allows for more rapid innovation. None of this is inevitable, and none can happen without the industry of many hands and the creativity of many minds. There are years of work ahead for developers, researchers, businesses, and users. If you run a Bitcoin business, you can help by supporting, sponsoring, or hiring open source developers. If you're a Bitcoin user, you can help by demanding that any service you use supports the open source ecosystem. If you're a developer, you can help by reviewing and testing PRs and releases. BitcoinCore.reviews is a good place to start. 2020 is going to be a great year for Bitcoin and Lightning Protocol development. All right, so there is a mountain to unpack in this post, and we will do that after we hit our sponsor real quick and then jump back into the commentary. All right, so like I said, there is so much to unpack here, and I'm calling this, or at least I am thinking of this as a Bitcoin roadmap here. There, first, there isn't the Bitcoin roadmap. Um, there is, uh, like, like a, I actually, one, one of the first things I did when I snagged the crypto economy tag uh, was uh, make an infographic of an old Bitcoin roadmap, actually. And it was uh, well before SegWit was, it was when it was coming into its own and like being proposed and all of that good stuff. And it was kind of a layout of, uh, what will happen in the coming years. And what's funny is that all of it basically played out, um, and it was really exciting to see, and I had forgotten about it until my brother mentioned it the other day. So I'm going to dig that up, actually. I'm sure I've got it on my computer somewhere, and I'll repost that with this, and I may be making uh, a new infographic just as a reference that will probably be based mostly on this uh, Twitter thread since John Newberry literally goes into pretty much everything there is to go into, or, or the vast majority of it at least. But there is so much stuff going on in here, and I'm, I cannot believe that amps are already out, um, and, and I'm so excited to see this implemented in some of the, uh, uh, the user wallets, really, like Breeze, Moon Wallet, uh, Zap, all of these things. So that, so that I can kind of see it in action um, and, and, you know, maybe Casa. I'm not sure how this is going to unfold. Like right now, I'm just like, I'm super jittery and I'm waiting. I, I want this to, to be a thing like really, really bad um, because it's here. And I think if, if I'm not mistaken, Sea Lightning is the only one that has multipath, uh, multipath payments live at this moment. Um, but uh, wait, no, this, this, the, he says in this thing, all implementations now support them. Hold on a second, let me check on this. All right, I went hunting, but I can't confirm one way or the other. Um, all my uh, all my searches are not coming up with what I'm seeking. <laughs> uh, but uh, so whether they are available in every implementation or not, um, they are going to be soon. 
and amps uh, just just for the sake of refreshing everybody here multipath payments or atomic multipath payments which there's a number of number of different constructions of how to actually pull this off um and i think the only one that's live is base amp which is basically taking the current iteration and just splitting it up across multiple channels but lightning really has a limitation right now in that you can only send a payment over a single channel so if you have five channels open well then whatever your your uh capacity of your highest of your biggest channel is is the is the biggest payment that you can send so if i've got five channels and they're all a hundred dollars well i can't send five hundred dollars because i can only send over one channel i can send a hundred dollars is my max payment uh amps are the solution to that and that's one of those things that only if you knew how lightning worked would you be able to, I mean, I mean, I'm sure there are people who are listening to this right now who are like, okay, I'm trying to wrap my head around this channels and, and bar tabs and all the crap, all the explanations I've given in the past, but all the confusion with channels goes away as soon as you just have one balance. And that's what multi-path payments do. That's one of the key parts of this entire puzzle of the, the user experience puzzle so that even if you have five channels with $100 each, if you've got a route over all five of those channels, you can send a single $500 payment by breaking it up one-fifth over each channel. And that's what amps do. Now, I truly did not expect that we would actually get it this year. I thought this was going to be a 2020 thing. Um, and the fact that we got this, this was my best of all the Christmas presents was that amps are now live. Um, and they, in combination with those, uh, with loop in and loop out, we'll just kind of keep going through this Twitter thread here so I don't kind of get ahead of myself. Um, but this is going to be a huge improvement to the Lightning, to liquidity management, to channel management, and to infrastructure, to the LSP model, the Lightning Service Provider. So when as the institutions that are trying to manage liquidity and keep things alive on the network and keep payments uh, going through uh, and keeping liquidity available from, you know, exchange A to your exchange or back from exchange A to exchange B through you, like all the different, like the presence that you want to have that these businesses are trying to have on Lightning uh, is going to be vastly easier to manage with uh, this and many of the other tools that got released this year. And as they slowly get implemented um, uh, into these actual services, into these actual wallets, it's, it's just going to be unbelievable the, the capability of, of making all of these tools happen, uh, utilizing them all at once. Um, and this year in particular, I think we've finally seen, I think we saw the, the specialization of the network of the protocol between the users the the specifically lsps and then the sort of like normal routing nodes and the nodes that simply want to build a presence and have uh highly usable um uh, routes and availability either for either for their own purposes or just to connect a handful of friends or um, um, speak, uh, people that like you know join into like a liquidity group or something like that. Um, I think the specialization of these sorts of nodes and how they treat the network and how they open and broadcast channels and all of this stuff 
This has really started to diverge this year. And what we're seeing more and more with what is visible on the Lightning Network with uh, public channels and um, uh, public updates and all of that stuff is that we're we're seeing more and more just the infrastructure of Lightning while the users are kind of disappearing. And, and we're seeing this more and more because the services themselves, like the Lightning service providers, the wallets, that like the non-custodial wallets that connect to their own uh, Lightning node service, these, these services are opening private channels with the users specifically because they don't want them broadcasting information to the network. So they're invisible. Like the users on the network are slowly disappearing because their channels are private and for good reason. You don't want them accidentally routing to routing payments on the network because they're not going to be reliable. It's going to be a mobile wallet. You know, if I take it out of my phone and make a payment, I don't want somebody to accidentally route through me and then my phone dies that afternoon and now their money is stuck in a channel with me that um that nobody's nobody can make use of because I've got it on mobile. It's stupid. I'm I'm just a casual user here on mobile. Why would someone be treating me like uh, always online infrastructure for the Lightning Network? So it makes very good sense that this specialization has finally occurred and that we're seeing this uh, start to play out where nodes that do, want, do not want to route are, um, are specifically hiding themselves. They're specifically not broadcasting to the network. They're not responding to the pings. Um, and then you have uh, nodes that are just building a presence and you have nodes that are specifically trying to provide a service and onboard thousands of other users nodes like breeze like zap like uh, and the olympus service spark swap bit refill and the thor the thor channels and all of this stuff the channels as a service um and, and there's a lot of that stuff going on and it's really exciting to start to see these competing implementations or these these competing uh, uh business profiles i guess for how to best use this technology and uh, i think we are getting very close just like just like john says in this in this twitter storm or tweet thread here is that we're going to get more fully self-managed wallets it's going to be a huge mix it's going to be a mix of all sorts of different wallets and and that's what we see now like uh i mean just five or six months ago you didn't have anything to pick between on ios uh, as far as wallets go, and everything was in beta, and now I've got to have I've got a whole page of just like Lightning wallets and stuff that I'm testing out. I think I've got two custodial ones. I've got like three non-custodial. Um, I've got the uh, the ones that he mentioned. I've got all of those. In fact, I didn't know about Phoenix Wallet until this tweet storm, and I was like, all right, downloading it. Um, but I had Blue Wallet, uh, Wallet of Satoshi, um, uh, Breeze, uh, Blue Wallet, and Wallet of Satoshi are both custodial. Uh, Moon Wallet is one that will pay. A Bitcoin invoice from wait no no it's the other way around it's a pay <laughs> yeah it's a pay a Lightning invoice from a Bitcoin wallet so you just have a normal Bitcoin wallet balance and uh, but you can pay a Bitcoin uh, invoice or a Lightning invoice uh, and then you've got Breeze which is more of the very specific LSP like Lightning service provider um, uh, a sort of software where. Uh, they are opening a channel with you and they are providing liquidity so that you can receive payments straight out the gate and that you can start using your wallet in a matter of like a minute or so. Like like the syncing time is so fast. Um, setup is takes hardly any time. And I, I have no doubt that they're probably going to be implementing turbo channels, which just means that there will be no time at all as soon as you 
write the transaction with Breeze and they give it to you, you'll be able to immediately spend out of it. That's what Jack Mallers and Olympus is doing with the opening of their channels. That's how, if you haven't seen that video, check out uh, 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 Jack Mallers on Twitter. I'll, I'll put a link. I've got to remember to put all this stuff. There's so many, so much crap I want to go through. Um, but uh, uh, he has a link, he has a video where he literally went from a debit card or a credit card to uh, to a lightning payment, to a lightning channel without, had no previous setup, no previous channels, nothing like that, went to a channel that he could immediately then spend, and I swear I think it was like 15 seconds. Um, and this is that stage. This is that stage where these sorts of tools are getting built, and that sort of user experience is finally becoming possible because of all of this. Uh, and, and that's with uh, that's with the Zap wallet specifically. Um, but Moon, uh, Moon Wallet is, uh, has another... Um, fascinating tool in that is that they're using atomic swaps they're using the loop in and loop out where i can send a lightning payment into the lightning network and then somebody can essentially fulfill my bitcoin invoice receive the lightning payment and then they push an on-chain a normal bitcoin transaction on the other end to fulfill the invoice and then vice versa that i can send them a bitcoin payment and they will pay a lightning invoice um, on my behalf and that those payments are locked to each other so that they never they don't happen unless they both happen. Uh, and uh, uh, Moon, uh, by the way, Moon is M-U-U-N, which I don't know if I hate it or if it's brilliant, but like, uh, like the, all the like little like slightly misspelled shit sort of drives me crazy sometimes. Um, but uh, and if it's pronounced, if it's actually pronounced Mun, well, then then I hate it. If it's pronounced Moon. I'm I'm still on the fence about it, but it's M U U N. If you were trying to check it out, Breeze also they forgot to put the E on the end on purpose. So it's B R E E Z. Uh, Phoenix is actually spelled correct, no Fs or anything like that. P H like normal. Uh, Zap and then Blue Wallet were the ones that he mentioned. Uh, and, and there's so much to play around with there. If y'all haven't um, like dug into this stuff, I, I, I highly recommend it. It is really getting to that point. Um, and uh, there's a lot of great places to use it now that you've got Fold and BitRefill. Um, uh, you get sats back on a lot of these. This is a, another huge thing that's like slowly coming into its own is the idea of paying people back their change in Satoshis on the Lightning Network. This is something that I just kind of came out of left field, and I'm really surprised by the success with it, and I think this is going to be I think this is going to be a thing. I think this is going to continue to accelerate. And in fact, I saw something just the other day, and I'm going to fail at finding this. I hate it when I find when I see something that catches my eye and I don't save it. It drives me crazy. But there was a, another thing of someone, if you go and spend money at this place, it will give you, it will round round up your stuff. Or uh, if you're like actually like with physical physical cash, they give you back your change in a lightning channel and uh, that's, that's something that I actually talked about in one of the episodes can't remember which one it was um but that could actually make physical bitcoin like like uh like an open dime or a physical bitcoin like coin with a, a, a fixed denomination of like i'm always handing over 0.01 bitcoin or you know uh, 10 million satoshis or whatever it is or a million satoshis um uh is that uh it actually makes the quote-unquote cash of Bitcoin viable because you don't have to implement everybody having change. Like, like, like when if you're spending a twenty-dollar bill, well, then they have to make sure that they've got pennies, dimes, nickels, quarters, dollars, 
uh, $5 bills, etc. They have to have the whole range of change. Whereas in Bitcoin, if you're spending a quote unquote $20 Bitcoin bill and you're getting change back as, you know, roughly $2, well, they can send you a single lightning payment as your change. And that's a really interesting way to kind of skip the infrastructure phase. Whether or not that's ever going to happen, eh, who knows? But um, uh, that would actually make uh, Bitcoin um, hardware, uh, like like physical Bitcoin notes or physical Bitcoin um, bills, in a sense, actually viable with a far lower barrier to entry, essentially updating your point of sale or downloading new software rather than having to get you know, go to the go to the Bitcoin bank and get a crap ton of Bitcoin physical change. Um, but uh, the tooling, the tooling, this is this is actually something that I was not keeping track of with Polar. Um, and this is just one of those things that like every once in a while when somebody brings it up, like I'm glad John Newberry actually put this in the thread because this is so easy to miss and more importantly, so easy to underestimate how important it is that the environments for experimenting with this, for building with this, for the development environments, they're easy to set up. And he talks about like the first lightning residency that they did, that there was a ton of time in setting up their lightning dev environments. And uh, our setting up in Pierre, uh, Pierre Richard's uh, lightning, um, uh, lightning programming lightning workshop was very similar. It took a long time to get all of those kinks work out to, to set everything up and get to the point where we were building with it. It was fun, but it was in fact a long part of the process here. And the fact that there is essentially a one click or like a couple of clicks, like boom, you've got a test environment and you can start playing and experimenting with tools. That's a huge improvement that goes completely unknown. It's one of those things that n no consumer sees that that has happened, even though it could it could have such a profound impact on the development environment and on the speed of building these new tools and all of the other innovations that are unraveling in the midst of this. Things like Schnorr and Taproot that we're going to see are about expanding in a massive way the breadth and the reliability of the tools that can be built. So now that we have like incredibly fast deployment of development environments and then we're getting broader and more capable tools to actually build with. And, and something like Taproot, where you can build an elaborate structure of scripts and then just display it as a simple Merkle root and a, a single a Taproot signature and Taproot public key. Like, the, the amount of the, the God, just the, the capacity that this thing will have to innovate and build new tools and new sorts of contracts and iterations on thing like the lightning uh, the lightning contract specifically and other other things that we can do with this it's just going to be unbelievable and the faster we can get from i'm thinking of the idea to i'm in an environment developing on that idea is a huge huge factor that just goes overlooked um zbd.io uh he, he links to and he's talking about like so following the whole setting up a uh, uh test environment here I think it's ZBD or Zebedee, Zebedee maybe. That's a that's a that's like a that's like a religious word. Is it? what is that? I, I don't know. But this is about um, lightning games, and you've got Satoshi's games. I believe Satoshi's games is the one that's working on Light Knight, or the 
the yeah yeah lightning working working on the late night game if you guys have not checked that out yet uh, this one's so awesome uh, it's really exciting and i think that's the one that or is there a specifically different one that does the bitcoin bounty hunt bitcoin bounty hunter maybe i don't know i don't know there's there's a lot of really fascinating and cool looking games that i actually really want to play around with most of the stuff up to this point has been like little gimmicky kind of stuff or like you know mario brothers with like actual satoshis or something like that just fun to tinker around with for a minute but not to like actually sit down and play for a you know an hour in my opinion but this is really exciting this is like a regal game uh it's a uh a play on a uh, Fortnite, and uh, zbd is another one that is uh, doing a couple things uh to be perfectly honest i have not kept up with this very well um, just because Bitcoin has uh, destroyed most of my gaming habits. Uh, the, the Christmas is my one time to actually sit down and play games, which I have done in the last couple of days. Um, and uh, it's been very nostalgic. <laughs> but there's going to just be so many... I'm so excited to see what people build with this now that A, the building environment is becoming so much simpler, um, or, or at least just faster to deploy and uh, easier to work with. Um, and, uh, and these, these new tools are coming out. It's just really exciting. Uh, the lightning conference, I think most of this was unveiled at LN conference this year, which this is the first year of the lightning conference. So, uh, that's another huge thing is that there's, there's that much excitement and there's that much building happening around the lightning network to host its own friggin' conference. Um, I hope, uh, Schnorr, moving on to Schnorr and Taproot. I hope that this is implemented in 2020. I think that's a little bit too bullish. I think that's a little bit uh, uh, impatient. Uh, so it might be 21 that we actually get activation. But this is going to be... I, th I truly think this will be one of the most important um, soft forks that we ever get in Bitcoin. Uh, and and what's, what's really fascinating is, is that it's such a an extension of the engineering mindset and basically the previous Bitcoin roadmap that we sort of had to look with is that one of the most, uh, one of the most powerful elements, or I guess you could say features of SegWit was the versioning was, it was the ability to deploy many soft forks at once rather than just a single one was to move the signatures off and basically have more breadth in what you can do and the ease of implementing new signature types and uh, new signature, I mean, uh, new uh, new scripting, like opcodes and stuff like that. And a lot of it was about streamlining exactly this sort of upgrade. And this is like taking it another step further, is that with something like Taproot, is the script becomes completely hidden from the actual payment. So you can, uh, the just the, the inner working of all of this stuff is just getting so clean and at the same time more capable and that's one of the most powerful concepts in how to build something that is going to last for the rest of my life you know like like how do you build something that will survive that will do this one job of a monetary foundation that nothing can compete with and i think that's what we're we're seeing it happen we're living it that's freaking exciting um, uh, and Schnorr, we've talked about Schnorr numerous times. If you haven't, um, I'll, uh, let me go ahead and throw that in there too. Um, so, uh, Mallers, uh, Schnorr, uh, I'll, uh, link to that episode. We read, um, Aaron Van Verdum's, uh, uh, introduction to Schnorr and Taproot. 
um, that's a really great episode, just kind of digging into all of the things that become possible. Now, this is something that I did not know about. Um, so moving on from Schnorr is from moving from HDLCs to payment points. This is fantastic. Um, and I had heard of this, but I didn't realize what it was. I think I, I misunderstood and thought that this was the whole pay join and pay to endpoint sort of thing. But that is not what this is, is at all. So shared bits, S-U-R-E-D-B-I-T-S, um, which I am now following. Uh, well, no, I am already following them. Um, uh, they, I just read uh, the first three parts of their payment points um, thing and I actually recorded them in audio. A lot of math in there, and uh, so I don't, I don't know if it's actually going to work for an episode, but I might just release the audio just so that somebody who wants to listen to it can. Um, we'll see, but I, I just when I was gonna sit down and read these whole things, I was like, you know, nah, screw it. I'll just go ahead and record an audio for it. So uh, with payment points, this is crazy interesting. So HTLCs have a limitation. It's a it's a real simple concept. So it, like let's say we're going across uh, three channels here, like we're paying uh, from me to you to Starbucks, whoever I'm paying, right? And uh, we're locking up uh the payment with a secret that I give to Starbucks. I don't give to the person in the middle. I don't give it to you because I don't want you to have the payment. I want Starbucks to have the payment. And then when they redeem, uh, it's it's you know basically like a secret key here. And when they redeem their payment from you, they you know unlock the lock and reveal the key in the process. And then you take the key and unlock mine. And then therefore I have paid you the five dollars and you have paid them the five dollars. And uh, the payment either goes through completely or you get the key, uh, or, excuse me, it either fails or it goes through completely because the only way for them to get the payment is for them to give up the key that gives you the payment. So it's like dominoes falling back from the destination back to me. Um, and uh, But there's a bit of, a, there's a number of limitations with it. One is that you're using the same secret for both hops. So the one that I'm sending to you and the one that you're sending to uh, Starbucks uses the exact same secret. Uh, it's the hash time lock contract. It's locked to a hash of a key. And uh, in doing so, it's very obvious that when you're unlocking, uh, that, you know, when you're unlocking the payment uh, earlier in the line, Versus later in the line, it's the exact same payment because it's the exact same hash. It's the exact same secret and consequently the hash of the payment. So there's a, it's referred to as correlation, you know, decorrelation. We want so that the third node and if the third node and the first node, or I guess the second node, are talking to each other, they don't necessarily, they can't like look at each other's databases and be like, oh, well, so the payment came from you that went to then... The next person, et cetera, et cetera, you're, you're able to correlate and see the transaction through its entire series of hops if you can talk to all the other nodes in the hop. But if you've got uh, payment points, this is the fascinating new trick, um, is payment points actually create the keys separately by, uh, I don't know of a really good way to explain it because the math is kind of complicated and I had to stare at it and think about it for a really long time. Um, uh, but essentially, it's like a subtraction problem where you give each node along the way just enough information 
that they can cons- they can subtract that information from it without knowing all the other pieces. So let's say you've got four numbers together and you give uh, uh, each each node has um, God, it, you know what? We're not even going to go into the specifics because it's probably too hard to explain. I'm going to butcher it and it's going to take a long time. But essentially without revealing so that each hop of the payment has a different hash so you don't really know even if you look at each other's um things it's not obvious that this hash is actually a derivative of the same one that finally went to starbucks everybody can still unlock it by simply subtract subtracting their uh the one piece of the puzzle that they got next in line from the one that they have until it does the exact same thing and flows back to me but the cool thing about this is that uh, it implements, or excuse me, it implements, it makes possible something called stuckless payments because it introduces one new step in the whole process of making a payment on Lightning. Um, not, not one that the user knows, but that the client does, um, which is an acknowledgement where Starbucks confirms that they received the payment. And it actually allows you, which right now you have to try a path and see if it fails. You have to try to lock up money along that path and see if it fails. And then if it doesn't, um, you then have to try a different path separately. Um, And most importantly is that that path can get stuck. You can try to, in the middle of the setup phase, while you're trying to figure out if that route is viable, you can accidentally get stuck in the process and have something get locked for, you know, a couple of minutes. Or um, in, during the settlement, you could have something get locked for the period of the time lock, which could be hours or day or something like that. Uh, it's obviously not a huge issue, but it's a huge issue when it happens. You know, even if it's rare, that's a pain in the neck. This new trick actually makes it by uh, introducing a, you know, quote-unquote proof of payment that you do with the receiver. It actually makes it so that you can try multiple paths at the exact same time, and whichever one works just works, and all the other ones can just be ignored. They can be dropped. Um, and in doing so, is that rather than having to one-by-one check paths, you can just check a bunch of paths, and whichever one works goes. Uh, and that's a really fascinating trick that I didn't know, and it prevents payments from getting stuck because you have a proof of payment on exactly which um, path it took, which um, uh, and whether or not it got there, and you don't have to worry about stuff getting you know stuck in the meantime and have to run out the contract um, for the payment. There's a lot to unpack there, uh, and I probably went into too much detail, uh, but that's definitely one to go digging into. The link is SuredBits again, s u r e d b i t s dot com. Uh, and there's a whole series of a four-part thing on payment points. And this is really interesting that I had no idea about. Um, good Lord, I'm already 30 minutes into this, and I haven't even gotten a pay join. Uh, there's, there's too much here. There's too much, John Newberry. Uh, all right, so pay join, pay to endpoint. Uh, these are, and, and when we do these with the whole splice in, splice out, loop in, loop out, I'm just going to I'm just going to go overview as to what these types of things are going to enable. This this is simply going to mean that first lightning is going to go dark. Lightning is going to disappear. We're not going to have a clue what the hell's going on with the network. It will simply work, uh, and uh, getting information about it will be difficult, probably. 
Um, but that's because it's going to be supremely private. When we get Schnorr and Taproot, there will be a benefit to making every multi-sig, every escrow, every, honestly, every payment. I don't, I don't see any reason why there's, uh, why you wouldn't just do a Taproot transaction for essentially anything that you wanted to do on Bitcoin, particularly if you got like a swap or something where you're using Lightning for your general payments and then you're trying to fund or uh, uh, create liquidity for your specific Lightning wallet. Um, uh, whenever something doesn't just work as planned or when everything is not perfectly lined up in order to do that, all of these tools will A, become ubiquitous and work in the background, and B, they will add privacy at the same time that privacy in the sense that all of these things will look identical. A opening of a channel will look identical to a splice in of a channel to an atomic, atomic swap into or out of a channel, to a pay join, to a pay to endpoint, to a normal multi-sig transaction, to a regular transaction. All of these on the Bitcoin blockchain will be indistinguishable. You will have no idea the amount of complexity that went into these transactions. And that is a huge deal. Uh, like uh, with uh, Wasabi just got, you know, quote unquote, outed by... Uh, I mean, it was kind of a rudimentary, like, quote-unquote analysis, so it's not actually a huge thing that they got caught because they were paying fees to, like, a static address. So it was, like, really easy if you sort out, and they're like, oh, well, this address is a Wasabi address. It's like, why is this guy paying fees from this wallet? Oh, he's doing Wasabi coin joins. Um, but so it's not, like, not really a huge, um, I guess you could say, vulnerability but it simplifies privacy. It, it makes privacy to the default. It makes privacy the most efficient option. It puts economic incentives in line with privacy. Privacy has always been something that costs more. Privacy has always been something that is less convenient, more expensive, and only the tiny subset of people that really cared about it went after it. And that's how somehow the mainstream has just equated privacy with what evil crap are you doing or what are you snorting coke or whatever just some idiotic thing is just that like no i just want i just don't want my my everything broadcasted on the internet how do you not care about it you know so uh that's always been a huge problem is that your your quote-unquote anonymity set is the tiny portion of people who actually give a shit about working hard to reobtain their privacy in the digital age and this is going to start to flip that on its head, where the person who wants to save money and have a more convenient and more efficient transaction is going to be getting privacy because that's the way you do it. And with Schnorr and Taproot, when we're talking about CoinJoin, when we're talking about these simple, like just um, joining transactions together with the person who's receiving the transaction, with the business or the service or whatever, uh, and there's um, uh, there was another thing that's not mentioned specifically in this uh, that he just talked about, and I've forgotten the name of it. Ah, oh, I'm, I'm, I've got, I've just got Christmas and holiday sugar all running through me, so I'm forgetting everything. I've got sugar brain right now, so uh, uh, bear with me. But it's, uh, it was a means of basically aggregating tons of payments when blocks were, when fees are low, so that you can piecemeal 
start releasing them in the, the, the aggregate transaction that you would have done, but you were basically preparing for when block times, uh, excuse me, when, um, uh, uh, when fees are lower. What did I say? When fees are high? Yeah. Yeah. Aggregating when fees are high and then uh, releasing them as fees are lower when you basically have a con really convenient time to do it as far as efficiency goes. Well, when you start having all of these tools to aggregate these things, and then you have an infrastructure like the Lightning Network, you have users with uh, payment channels and services that can easily aggregate or pay five cent fees uh, to put a channel opening or a channel close with that other aggregate payment from the the service that's you know managing liquidity. It's this doing exchange um, uh, balancing between Bitfinex and uh, you know Bitmex, whatever the hell it is is that you can start sharing all of these efficiencies. You, coin join becomes the default. Coin join becomes the more cost-effective option. And with Schnorr and Taproot, these things, all of the fact that you're doing this is hidden from the blockchain analysis. You just can't tell what's going on on the actual base layer. And fungibility, is, fungibility and privacy has always been a huge pivot, like, like a huge... um. It's been a factor. It, simple, simple case is that Bitcoin cannot be truly censorship resistant if you you don't have privacy in some degree of privacy in what you're doing with it, who you are, and the payments explicitly who you're sending it to and who you're receiving it from. If you can have taint on a Bitcoin address, if you can say that this Bitcoin was used for drugs and therefore on the market it's scarier or it doesn't have the same price as bitcoin that came from a miner or came from a wholly government approved institution then you don't have fungibility you don't have a secure sound money as a key part of having sound secure uh, uh sustainable money and uh, you don't have that problem with cash but you have had that problem with bitcoin and this is one of the most important We've got it. We've got a BIP. I think I think we're going to get it either this year or next year, and it's going to be a. I think I think this is so important, and I'm so excited that it's it's finally coming. I had always worried that privacy was going to be the big issue in Bitcoin, and with Wasabi Wallet, with PayJoin, all of the developers are working so hard on these tools and making this a reality, and I think it's going to happen. Um, and that's just crazy exciting that something that was that I almost felt like I might may have had to give up on uh, is more and more possible every single day. Um, and I'm only halfway through this thing. I've got we got L2, we got SigHash, no input. I'm just gonna have to link to episodes because I've got way. I'm already I'm already out of time here. Um, SigHash, no input. We we went over the no input class, another one that we did with Aaron Van Vierdum. Um, uh, channel factories. Good lord, this is just so crazy. This needs a whole nother episode. This needs a whole nother episode. Um, mini script. Uh, dude, what a hell, what a hell of a year. And there's so much coming. Anybody, I'm still blown away by. I guess, and you know, if you're just not looking, uh, all you see is you. I don't know what are you looking at the price of Bitcoin. But when people say Bitcoin is stagnant, um. I'm just like, where are you? Where where have you been? Look at this. Look at this crap. There's so much stuff here. 2020 is just going to be a crazy exciting year. 
Uh, I hope we get to see the soft fork in the wild and starting to reach the implementation phase where where we're talking about how to activate it and we're we're downloading the the Schnorr and Taproot client. Um, I, I think we'll see a you know official BIP and uh, implementation details um, on how to implement implement Sikash no input or uh, uh, the uh, what's the one any any previous out I think is the one that seems to be leaning toward right now if I'm not mistaken. But there is so much to come. And I think this is going to be the year that Lightning really comes into its own. Um, all the tools, all the groundwork is being laid. Uh, we've we've built all of the Lego pieces, and now I think we're going to start seeing skyscrapers. Um, I think I think all the building blocks are going to slowly be put together into the right software, and all the little kinks are getting worked out at at a pace that, to be perfectly honest, is faster than I thought. Again, I didn't think we'd have amps this year. Uh, I didn't think, I did not think we would have Olympus totally came out of nowhere. Breeze Wallet has been a godsend. I love that wallet. I use it constantly. Um, Bitcoin, uh, Lightning became usable this year. Uh, like, I use it as a as an app, as a payments app to buy things and to get gift cards and to do things quickly out in the wild. I'm getting to see the birth of the internet of money. And it's it's crazy times. Crazy, crazy times. This tweet thread is there's a link in every single in every single tweet, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So uh and I actually went through and read all the little Bitcoin ops. If you don't know Bitcoin Ops, you have got to be following Bitcoin Ops. Um, they go through, they break all this stuff down. In fact, I haven't read a Bitcoin Ops thing on the show recently, which sucks. I really should get back into that. Um, but these guys are a godsend. It is so great to have them breaking down. They've got the definitions and uh, either videos, like uh, breaking all this stuff down or explaining it uh, in a post, uh, breaking down every single update that comes through uh, Bitcoin uh, like the, uh, you know, the most recent, um, uh, updates or, or revisions, the next, the next version of the Bitcoin client, they break down all the improvements, everything that changed, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, again, shared bits, um, checking out payment points. This is definitely something I'm going to dig more into and I'll try to come up with a better explanation as to what the hell it is and how it works. Um, and, uh, there's just an endless stuff to, to be excited about right now. And, uh, what a hell, what a, what a hell, what a year 2019 was and, uh, 2020 is going to be crazy. Um, I got another episode coming uh, for you guys, me and car and, and we broke this down with, um, uh, Brady too, from the citizen Bitcoin podcast, but car, uh, camp it from the, uh, friends against government podcast, which we, he's been on the show. We, we've been on each other's shows numerous times. Love hanging out with that guy. And uh, we go through Bitcoin in 2019 and kind of what the future is going to look like. Uh, and there's a there's a hell of a roadmap here that if we get these things, Bitcoin is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, I think it already is. It already is. Even without any of this stuff, Bitcoin is a force to be reckoned with. But this is just going going to expand its capabilities and usefulness 
in so many fascinating ways. And more importantly than just building the specific applications is building an environment that will foster all of these applications, that will handle them, that will make them reliable, that will make them dependable and secure with hardly any ambiguity, with no no weird tricks, with, uh, with as few, if any, attack vectors whatsoever. And simply put, this is going to be the most the most secure and advanced monetary platform that's ever existed. And we're here in 2019. We're at year 10 and year 11 going into year... No, are we into year 11? Yeah, 2019, 2009. So yeah, we're, we're closing out year 11. Bitcoin's about to turn 11 years old. And um, there's so much... There's so much left to do. There's, there's so much left to conquer, and Bitcoin is just getting started. I think this could not be a better set of evidence that this is beginning. This is not the end. This is not past the bubble. This is, this is not missed the train. The train has, the engines have started, and the steam is pumping, and we are about to get rolling. Uh, and I could not be more excited for 2020. So I hope you guys join me. I'm going to be here. Uh, I'm going to continue to make all of the best in Bitcoin available in audio and break it down and talk about it and share this excitement with you guys. So thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check out. If you're not following John Newberry, then what are you even doing? Uh, uh, I'll, uh, it's J.F. Newberry, N-E-W-B-E-R-Y. That's his Twitter tag. I'm, I'll link to it all. So if you go check out the show notes or just uh, see this post on Twitter, uh, all of it will be available. Um, read the Twitter thread um, if you want to go back through it. Again, it's super dense, and I only got halfway through it in actually covering the stuff, and there's a links to all of it. I, I highly encourage you guys to check it out. Um, but uh, until next time, don't forget to subscribe to the show. This is The Crypto Economy. I am Guy Swan, the guy who has read more about Bitcoin than anybody else you know. Thank you for listening. I will catch you guys next week with another episode. And uh, lots of fun, awesome stuff to come. And like I said, I got uh, one dropping with uh, Car Camp It coming soon. We had a lot of fun. I think you guys are really going to love this one. And uh, don't forget that you can support the show. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash thecryptoeconomy and help to uh, fund my endeavor in turning all of the best Bitcoin works into audio so that you guys can listen to them and hopefully trying to sort of explain a lot of the developments and what they mean and how they work as best as I can understand them. Forgive me for my lapses there. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, thank you if you are supporting the show. Um, it's yeah, It means so much and it really does go a long way and just shows how much you guys care about this and about Bitcoin and about this future that we're trying to prepare ourselves for and that we're building for. Uh, and... If you can't do that, I know that's a tall order for a lot of people, the one thing you can always do is share this out with everybody you know in the Bitcoin and crypto economy space so they too can get all of the best in Bitcoin in audio form and learn about the technological revolution of our time wherever they are and whatever they are doing, whether it be doing the dishes or uh, shopping at the grocery store or whatever. I'm going to try to stay on top of this thing. That's a lot to cover. But I will be here. I am Guy Swan. Thank you so much for listening.
And until next time, take it easy, guys.